I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Euh, dites donc, Nadège, comment aviez-vous recruté le nouveau si rapidement la dernière fois Bah, LinkedIn. Ah bon, parce que là, j'ai besoin de toute urgence d'un ingénieur en IA. Alors, où est-ce qu'on peut le trouver Bah, LinkedIn. J'ai pas le temps de voir mille candidats, moi. Comment on va faire Bah, LinkedIn. Bah, 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 bah. Vu l'urgence, vous êtes vraiment confiante, Nadège bah, oui. Avec 8 personnes recrutées par minute sur LinkedIn pour tous vos recrutements, il y a, bah, LinkedIn. Pour en savoir plus, rendez-vous sur linkedin.com slash je recrute. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello, how are you? And welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast with me, Ben Barrett. Ian Perkins is still camping by choice, and it means that I'm going with a one-on-one approach with the incomparable, undeniable, and slightly questionable David Coates. How are you, Dave? I'm all right. Yes, thank you for that intro. You'd never catch me on the canvas, not with my back and, you know, at my age. <laughs> 40, over 40 years old now, so far too... Uh, Far too old to be uh, keep sleeping on the damp canvas, which I imagine is what Mr. Perkins has been doing this week. I know. I'm I, the weather up here has been a bit hit and miss. I can't imagine it's particularly amazing camping. Can you? No, no. Well, not even in nice weather. But there no, we go. true. Yeah, that's absolutely Maybe. fine. I do prefer actual mattresses and actual roofs. They are nice. They are nice. This, Dave, is our quote-unquote big season preview episode that we've been. We've had in the books for a little while, um, but as we've discussed and as every Glover's cast listener will know, the season is starting Saturday, the 21st of August, but we're not. Um, we're not with it. We're not with it. <laughs> so we're going to go with it anyway. We've rolled the dice. We're going to do the season preview because the season will start yeah. and we're going to still go with it anyway. We're going to talk about a few key uh, clubs individual we're going to pick out a quartet of key clubs we're going to talk about a couple of newsy items then we're going to do our one to 23 we're going to find out what you think via the twitter poll that we put out at the glovers cast and then to finish off 
I think I'm just going to savor this one and just leave it hanging. Something just a teeny tiny bit special to finish off. It's a nice finish, folks. Make sure you listen to the end. It is a very nice finish. Are you suggesting people switch off halfway through? Well, maybe when we start talking. But (laughs) So that's the plan. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it... It's not been the smoothest of Thursday evenings the world's ever seen. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Peel the curtain back somehow. I had to dash back to my place of work (laughs) to find a laptop charger because I managed to get all the way home without one. And I need one to work and facilitate things like editing this podcast and whatnot afterwards so we're recording this at three o'clock on a friday morning yeah exactly yeah yeah. (laughs) to be fair yeah um so let's let's crack on and we're going to start with the news we've got two bits of news both striker related one that isn't really much to do with ours it's just a nice little where are they now and then one which is very much yeovil town related we'll start with the news that courtney duffus former yeovil town striker who we were told wanted to leave Hewish Park for Bromley, has since moved on and since moved significantly upwards. He's joined League One, Morecambe Town. What do you make of that move, Dave? Yeah, just Morecambe, I think. Morecambe FC. Apologies, Morecambe um, FC. But, but yes, I can confirm as someone who lives pretty close to Morecambe that it is a very long way uh, from Bromley. It's a very long way from London. and a very long way from anywhere. I was going to say, it's a long way from anywhere, yeah. Let's say uh, if Mrs... Well, it's not Mrs Duffus, is it? Uh, Heather Watson, uh, tennis superstar Heather Watson, lives, let's say, in and around the south of England somewhere. He's a long way from her now. But I did notice that she posted on her Instagram that he was uh, League One bound and told him that she she loved him. So any suggestion that the two of them are split up can be quickly be scotched. And they called me a social media stalker for the whole Justin Bieber thing. No, well, what I was the original. Remember the original stalker, oh, Morgan yeah. Williams' dog? <laughs> well, not his dog. It was his, his Instagram account. We're getting a reputation here at the Glover's Cast of being a red-top tabloid gossip page type yeah. era. It's not a if good place Perkins to be. Will, if Perkins will disappear and leave us to it, you know, he deserves everything he gets, <laughs> doesn't he? Well, banned. He won't have us back. The uh, The second bit of news is that Yeovaltown have signed an actual bona fide. We've checked it. We've seen him score actual real goals in actual real football matches. We've signed a striker, Dave. We have. All of our prayers have been answered. It's done. <laughs> it's dusted. We've won the league. This whole preseason preview is rubbish. We don't need it anymore. We are the champions. Start etching the Y on the trophy. It's that simple, isn't it? Yeah, I can hear Freddie Mercury from here. Can't you? I've paid my dues time after time. Have we got him on loop somewhere? We can. I'm I'm not sure. I'm sure you have. I'm sure you've got some backing music to put on. I'm not sure we're legally allowed to use uh, sort of content like that. So we won't put on. We'll save that. We'll save that for the actual one where we lift the trophy. Um, But in all seriousness, we have been asking for a striker. We've been asking for a couple. We've been asking for a proven goal scorer. And whilst it's probably fair to say that Ada Yusuf wasn't on many people's thoughts he is a striker who has scored goals at this level it is a positive signing right yeah and he scored a few last season I mean I know if you look on social media when we announced him or when the club announced him I should say you found Wrexham fans who were less than complimentary about him uh, (laughs) getting off of a coach but we'll um, uh, we'll we'll gloss over that he did score goals in this division last season Um, and uh, yeah I I had a chat with we obviously signed him following his release from Blackpool obviously a championship club next season and 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 with the very best of intents um, for for Adi Yusuf I, I 
I don't think he's a championship striker. Um, he actually did not kick a ball for Blackpool. He signed for them. Uh, if you go on our website, uh, gloverscast.co.uk, you can see a little chat that, yeah, I had with the reporter of the Blackpool Gazette, uh, a local Matt Scrafton. So thank you to Matt for talking to me. Um, he was actually talking to me from the car park of the of, of Blackpool FC while I was waiting to cover their game against Coventry. I think they let him in the ground before, you know, he didn't have to cover it from the car park. But, but he told me, and I quote, um, if he stayed at a club for more than two or three years and was in the team every week, I get the feeling he could do a job. Give him 40 games a season, he'll probably get you 15, 20 goals, but he'd never seem to settle at one club. Now, if you look at his record, um, that that is probably true, with one notable exception, which we'll come back to. But it, it sounds like he was a bit of a victim of circumstance. He he, he scored two goals for Solihull Moors against Blackpool, and uh, in the eighteen nineteen season, and then uh, signed for Blackpool basically on the strength of that. Was signed by a manager called Terry McPhillips, who they had in League One at the time. Uh, then Blackpool got taken over by um, a rich local businessman. Uh, we all yearn for one of those. Um, uh, and uh, there was a new manager, Simon Grayson, came in there, didn't fancy him, didn't play him, didn't kick a ball for Blackpool, went back on loan to Solihull um, and then ended up on loan at Wrexham and Chesterfield. Scored a few goals there. So I would say he's definitely... Uh, you know, he's got the potential to be a 15 to 20 goals um, a, a season striker. Uh, our friend Hugh Hugh did tell to me that uh, his, uh, his cat had the potential to be a 15 to 20 goal striker, but Darren Sarr didn't rate him. I'm not sure about that one, but, um, but yeah. Cat up to next Saturday. Well, I don't know. Does he, how can he link up with Joe, Joe Quigley? Well, Hugh, if you're listening, let us know what's... Uh, what's I think uh, it's... I think it's a fair point, and I think it is one worth making, that whilst we are absolutely right to be, you know, quietly quite pleased about this signing, I think it's a bit of a, a bit of a, a coup. He was training with Hartlepool in the Football League with a view to a contract. He was, he was looking at being a League Two player, League One player next season, and he has ended up in the National League. So I think for me, I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, I think it's a nice signing. I think it is worth pointing out that he's gone through a lot of football clubs. Released as, uh, at Leicester, and if I'm allowed just a second to rattle through them, released from Leicester 2010-11, Tamworth, Burton Albion, Lincoln, Gainsborough, Harrogate, Histon, Oxford City, where he scored a boatload, uh, Mansfield Town, he went to Crawley Town, he's been to Grimsby Town, Barrow, then Solihull, then Blackpool, then back to Solihull, then Borenwood, Wrexham, Chesterfield, and now to us. That's a fair chunk of football teams to get through in circa 10, 11 years. What is he, would, 29? Yeah. 29? Would, would that be, yeah, 29. Um, would it be fair to say on that alone, this might not be the longest fix the world's ever seen? Could, no. could, we, see a, could we see a perfectly reasonable way where he plays 45 games for us and scores four or 14 or 24 but then kind of regardless, he disappears next summer and, and moves on somewhere else. Is that something that's reasonable to suggest? Uh, I mean, based on that record, you'd say yes, wouldn't you? But I would also say that 
if uh, I don't know the duration of his contract with us because that wasn't announced in the um uh, in in the announcement. But when he if he leaves, let's say uh, you know if he's with us till next summer, he'll be in the the thirty plus bracket. And I'm not saying that makes him over the hill and that makes him uh, you know un- unable to make a move to the football league. But he is certainly in the latter stages of his career as opposed to you know the the, the peak of his career. So maybe this is the time when he does settle down when he does um, find a club where he wants to stay for you know more than five minutes going from that list um, and uh, and you know, he does he, if, he, if he scores goals we, we're going to keep him around aren't we so um, so yeah I mean I wouldn't be surprised if he did um, if he did go but uh, it will all depend on on how quickly he can um, you know strike up a partnership with whoever it is Joe Quigley Ruben Reed. we haven't heard about Ruben Reed's injury since uh, that game against Western when he did it so we don't know you know whether this postponement of the first game at Wrexham helps him in that respect. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And like I say, if you you look on social media, Wrexham fans talking about um, how he, what was it? He, he 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 was. They said that he stopped the team coach coming back from a match or going to a match. I think it was. Some of them claimed um, uh, and signed for Chesterfield. Now he was a Blackpool player at the time. He was on loan. At, Wrexham um, and then apparently he, he, he stopped the bus and signed for, for Chesterfield now I, I take that with a large pinch of salt and I also read a Derbyshire Times article about the Chesterfield side of things where he said um, that he was asleep and he woke up and he was a Chesterfield player I take that with a bit of a pinch of salt as well so the truth is probably somewhere between those two extremes I'd say I think it's worth noting that actually you make a really valid point about when he has settled for as much as he can and the the best example would probably be Solihull Moors 2017-18-2018-19 he's put together 50 something games and scored 20 something goals across all competitions and that suggests to me at this level in a team that did quite well did end up in in second place in that second of those two seasons that if we can provide him with the uh, uh, um the service he needs and the environment that he wants and the, the almost guaranteed game time, which he's absolutely going to get. He's only one of two strikers at the club at the moment. Um, that actually you might be in the best place to get the best out of him. Would you agree there? Yep. I would agree. Yeah. I, I, I wonder now if might be, this might be a good time to see if somebody else agrees so here on the Glover's cast a little bit earlier before I had my laptop meltdown charge Dave and I uh, had a quick chat with Joel Butler who is a well he's an Oxford University student no less studying the Ottoman Empire but when he's not we didn't doing talk to him about that no. no we didn't know but when he's not being really clever he's supporting Solihull Malls and writing for their fanzine the uh, what's it called what's bandwagon the bandwagon the fanzine bandwagon fanzine so without further ado hopefully my editing skills are still up for uh, still up for this so we're going to cut to an interview that we had and then we'll be back in a minute for the big season preview Okay, so Ben and I are now joined from Joel from the Bandwagon fanzine, a Solihull Moors fanzine, who's going to tell us a little bit about new Yeovertown signing Adi Youssef. So, Joel, uh, firstly, welcome to the Glover's cast. Thank you. 
And uh, we're just uh, checking out some statistics from uh, Addy's time with you. And it, it, you seem to be, or Solihull seemed to be, the club where he was at his most prolific. Just a couple of stats to chuck at you in his first sort of half season with you. It, it, it looks like he had quite a, quite a good start because he scored twice in two minutes on his debut, a 3-1 win away at Dagenham in seven, uh, Jan- January 2018. Played half a season there, five goals in 13 games. Not a bad ratio. And then... The 18-19 season, when I think I'm right in saying you finished second, was it? Or, or That's right, yeah. yeah. Finished second in the National League. 17 goals in, in 51 games. A few of those at the end of the season seem to be for Tanzania. So we'll, we'll maybe not count those. But <laughs> yeah, um, so he seems to he, he have a decent pedigree in, in a Solihull shirt. I mean, what do you remember about him as a player? Um, Addy, he, he had a great time at the club. I think um, we had him in, in a really good spell uh, of his career. He'd, uh, he'd been kind of in and out of a few clubs. Um, he'd done really, really well at Oxford City, where he'd really sort of broken and then gone to the league. Hadn't really worked out in the same way. Um, he'd ended up at Barrow, not really had a great time there either. So he, he wasn't really a um, you know, marquee signing, but he came in and did the job straight away. And I think part of that is because he is the sort of, you know, your typical sort of poacher. So if you have a team set up to play sort of direct attacking football uh, and get a quality of delivery instant. He, he, he's the kind of player who will stick those away. I mean, he'll miss a lot of them as well. But, you know, his ratio throughout his career is pretty much uh, a goal more or less every three games. So, you know, he's, uh, he obviously knows where the net is. I mean, we definitely saw that in the 2018-19 season. So, um, a big part, not, not, not for me, not the biggest part, but a big part of, of the reason that we, uh, in all honesty, kind of overperformed so well that season in, in finishing second and only being three points off the title. Do you have any explanation as to why he's had as many clubs as he had? There are, I'm just looking at a, a list on the bastion of all knowledge that is Wikipedia. Only three clubs he has more than one uh, row for. Burton Albion from 11, 12, 12 and 13. Yourself, Solihull Moors for half of 17, 18 and the whole of 18, 19. And then Blackpool for which he didn't actually ever kick a football for. So he seems to be someone that gets around a bit. Lots of loans, lots of... Um, What's, what's prevented him from settling properly at a club for a good stint? I mean, you'd probably have to ask him that question. I think from, from, from my perspective, um, I think he's made some unfortunate choices in terms of places that he's gone to. Um, obviously, he's released from, from Leicester in the beginning and then had to kind of sort of forge a career for himself. Doesn't seem like he really worked out of Burn despite spending a couple of seasons there. Um, and then, well, when you're in that position, I suppose you have to go and and try and prove yourself somewhere. And he, he probably, I mean, he surely would have stayed more than one season at City if he hadn't then got a move back to the league after top scoring for, I think he was the top scorer in the Conference North that season, 2014-15 with Oxford. Um, but then, yeah, all, all the league moves that he's taken never quite seem to work out. He was really unfortunate. I think he was signed for Blackpool on the strength of his showing in the in the two FA Cup games he played against them in 2018-19. Uh, but then by the time he got there, the manager had changed and the new manager wasn't, didn't particularly fancy him for League One, so he never, never kicked the ball in anger for them, as you say. So he yeah, and, then, up, and then he came back to you, didn't he? Because he had um, that's that's Bell with you signed for Blackpool, like you say. The manager changed, and then he came back, but didn't. Well, his statistics would suggest he didn't really do it on the second coming. Well, I think he wasn't fit to be honest. He hadn't played. He came in and I remember rightly something like the October. He hadn't really. He hadn't played any football. Um, yeah, he wasn't particularly match fit. And then he came in and played a bit of a 
bit part role for us. Um, his one goal came against Rangers under 23s in the Scottish Challenge Cup, which was, I think, it was mainly a sort of an under under 19s and 18s team they stuck out. Um, and uh, and yeah, I think the other thing is that the makeup of our squad had, had subtly changed uh, for that season, um, where we'd lost Jermaine Hilton, who was was one of his one of the front three that he, he mainly started alongside the previous season, who is a real sort of traditional, uh, pacey sort of winger inside forward, who was who was the sort of key to unpicking the lock and and presenting him with a lot of the good sort of chances in and around the six yard box that he was tucking away. And uh, we hadn't really replaced Hilton with, with a player of anything like the same quality, or, or you know at least one that who didn't we didn't have one who played the same role in the same way. So uh, the, the same quality and, and type of chance that he was he, he loves putting away uh, that served him so well the previous season. So they weren't really being created in the same way. I was going to ask a little bit actually about the, the sort of the partners and the, and the formation that he he would have played in. We've got this style of we'll have probably Tom Knowles, we'll have possibly a couple of loanies. We've just got a lad in from from Watford who'd seem like tricky sort of attacking midfielders. Do you think he suits being sort of a lone striker who others do the hard work for, or does he need a partner? How how does he best go in a in a side? I was thinking about how I could compare him in the way people relate to him, and I think. The, the player that I came down on was someone like a, a Darren Bent in the he's not a striker who's going to go and do the hard work. But if you if if you have a team that create the chance to score him, then he will put goals away. Um so in in the season that he was particularly successful with us, we tended to play a, a four three three that became a four five one uh while defending or sort of maybe something more like a four four two depending on who in particular was deployed in the front three. But he'd be either um the wide one um, who would just be allowed to drift or the central one. Um, and then Hilton would be one of the, would be the more creative winger. Um, and then he'd be partnered with either someone like a Danny Wright, who was a big sort of um, target man or pressing forward. who would either play in the middle or as sort of a, a winger to sort of a wide forward to peg back one of the fullbacks. Um, and so, yeah, he'd, he'd, he'd be part of a three. Um, and he'd have players who played in very different but distinctive roles around him. And it, it just seemed to be that uh, in that particular arrangement, um, it clicked. But for all three of them, really, they all, all three of them had a great season um, when they started together. Um, and yeah, it, it worked out. Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about Yodel's current squad to, to suggest whether, whether there's uh, a similar thing on the card. But yeah, I mean. A Darren Bent sort of striker, if I had to, you know, put a, put a Premier League name on it, uh, the, somebody who, who you know he needs needs a chance to create a form, but can put the way. All the Glovers Cast listeners are right now putting uh, Tom Knowles into the role of tricky winger doing the outside thing, and putting our man Joe Quigley as the target man either side. So they figured that out already. Do not worry about that. That's really good to know about Adi uh, Yusuf. Um, I want to ask a little bit about about Solihull as a whole. Since you finished second a couple of years ago, and as you say, overachieved in your own in your own words, you've had a couple of mid-table finishes. Um, this National League season looks a little bit lopsided doesn't it there's that top echelon of clubs five or six that are spending big gambling to be the ones that really do make make all the headlines um do you put Solihull in that group next in line I'd argue that Yeovil are in there Dagenham uh possibly clubs like uh Barrow who are thinking we can get there we might need a bit of luck. We might need a few things to go our way. We might need to be the Barrow or the Sutton United story. 
Do you think that Sutton are top of that mid-range group? I mean, uh, to give a little bit of backstory, uh, we had the season where we were bottom of root at the bottom of the table for a long, long time. Um, and we went through a couple of different managers. Um, and then the Mark Yates, Tim Flowers came in and we, we achieved a great escape on the back of putting off promotion form. And that then seemed to continue into the next season with, with the second place finish, which is why I say, honestly, in a sense, overachieving. It was a squad, a squad probably decent for where they finished the next season, sort of eighth or ninth, but just set apart by having players hitting form at the right time and having a couple of quality players who, who can make the difference who weren't available in the same way the next season. Um, and also part of that revival um, in the Great Escape season was that we've had um, a very rich owner who um, he was in, he's a local businessman. He, he owned Oxford United. Um, he invested halfway through that season in the hope that he could put some money in behind the scenes to keep the club up so that he could then come in and take over properly a National League club um, the following season, which worked out. Um, and so there's been a lot of infrastructure work going in. I mean, if anybody visited the ground um, in the FA Cup run, I think that's 2018-19 when we played Yeovil in the FA Cup when you were in League Two. Um, took it to a replay and went on penalties. So, yeah, yeah, let's not talk about that one. Let's talk about the game. Adi Yusuf's first game back with you when we beat you with a with a defender in goal. Let's talk about that one instead. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, God, that was frustrating. <laughs> but I mean, I think it was that, that epitomises what then happened the following season after finishing second was that you know some of the some of the magic that had come together that season had faded away. The squad was very workmanlike. It was very frustrating. And when they didn't play, they play well. They didn't look like particularly scoring game, scoring goals, finishing games off. Um, which then, you know, led to the demise of Tim Flowers. And because the because the owners are very ambitious, they want to get promoted. That's why they're invested. Um, so then, last season, they took a gamble on appointing Jim Scan, who was a well-respected uh, under-23s head coach from uh, West Bromwich Albion who, you know, had big ideas but they weren't the kind of ideas that he could implement in the National League and so it was another disappointing season that was only really saved from being uh, you know, a complete flop and embarrassed by Mark Yates being reappointed. Um, so that, that, that's the context with which we come into this season and we have um, we have Neil Ardley now in charge. Uh, obviously somebody who, who knows, knows his stuff in the league but again, maybe more. Uh, he's he's going to play to play to what he perceives of the same strength side. There's not going to be any frills. Um, so hopefully with his experience, um, with not a hugely exciting sort of set summer deals, but some decent transfers made. Um, yeah, hopefully we can be in that playoff path. Probably yeah. towards the bottom end of it because of all those teams who are you know, spending all, even more money than, uh, than we have available to us. But, yeah. I'll be honest with you, we, we, we spoke to on, on our last podcast to a guy from the non-league lounge and he said Solihull Moors, he was an Altrincham fan, he said Solihull Moors were the best team that he'd seen play them last season and he'd seen all he'd seen every team in the league. Um, and I have to say, you spanked us at your place. We, I think you beat us 5-1 at your place. But then we played you like three days later at our place and beat you 3-0. So it was uh, it was quite a bit, a bit bizarre one. But one signing that I know will have been noticed by a lot of Yeovil fans because he scored a lot of goals for Weymouth, who are local rivals, was uh, Andy Dallas, who you got uh, from Cambridge. And I think maybe paid a fee for him uh, recently. I mean, he looks like he could score goals in this division. I'd be very surprised if he wasn't right up there in the top goal scorers next season. 
No, I agree. I think he's a fantastic signing. He was one that kind of came out of the blue, especially as he'd, like, he looked like he was going to get released from Cambridge and then they, they offered him a new contract and then immediately sold him on. I yeah, sold him. Strange one, yeah. I don't think it was that much money. I think it's, it's undisclosed, so, you know, nobody knows for sure, but I've heard more of a four-figure fee than, than anything more than that. So, yeah, I don't know what's going on there, but, um, yeah, he looks like a great sign already. He had, he had a really, really good game. Uh, in our final pre-season friendly against Notts County. Uh, coming in pretty raw, I suppose. I don't think he'd have much time to train with the team. He'd only been announced a couple of days before, at most. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited to see what he can bring. Um, he, he does look like a great signing. And, of course, you're filling our boots on the opening day of the season. We were meant to be playing against Wrexham. You were meant to be playing against Dover. We've got COVID. Dover have got COVID. So you stepped in to play Wrexham for us. Thank you for that. Well, well, you know, somebody has to. Maybe, maybe you guys can, can play Dover since you're not really a threat to each other if you're both already infected. Yeah. Yeah. Make, our own, make our own bubble up, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll be fine. It's fine. Um, so if I was to push you for a, a position for Solihull for the season, would you take ninth, eighth? Would you take just missing out on the playoffs? Or are you thinking, no, no, top seven still a thing? I, I think it would be, I don't know how realistic it is. Uh, I think we have to wait to see how the season begins. I think it would be seen as a failure, uh, both within the club hierarchy and within a lot of the fan base, if we didn't finish seventh or above. Uh, but we know how difficult this league is, and yeah. you know we're uh, you know, most of us who've been around been around the block since the merger happened and the club performed, we're happy just to be on the ride. To be honest, like we never anticipated getting promoted to the national league, let alone um, being in a position where you know we're now a club of, of some means and can realistically think about mountain promotion pushes for the for the football league sounds all very familiar day doesn't it sounds all yes, very familiar sadly sadly sounds familiar, very yeah. very familiar <laughs> um a lot of yeovil fans as dave says will be so so disappointed that andrew dallas didn't join us we were rumored to be uh in for him throughout the pretty much the entire summer of course you've also got adam rooney who did play us play, play for us it was a many moon ago 2007 of course just a quick word on him really because it never it hasn't really clicked since he's come back down south from Scotland, has it? Are you the team? Are you the club that can get him going again? Um, on current evidence, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, he's had a lot of injury problems, yeah. to, to be fair to him. And when he has had a string of games, he's looked like he, he's still got the knack, still got the golden touch. He's scored goals, but he just hasn't had that run in the team because of uh, because of the injury worries. And, um, and I think also just because of what a disaster last season turned into for about halfway through. Um, and then yeah, he didn't. He wasn't first name on the list when Yates came back in and steadied the ship. Um, so yeah, I mean, he, he's got a lot of proving of himself to do if he, if we are going to be the team that that finally makes it click. But I mean, in terms of his career, he's had a great career and he's winning out of time now. If he wants to actually, uh, um, you know, have a, a bit of a second win. I feel like uh, I feel like all teams that aren't Wrexham should be ganging up to make sure we beat Wrexham and stop them going up and stop the Netflix yeah. super story. So if you give guys them, give them a the, kick in, yeah, if you, could, if you could do that on the first day of the season and we'll kind of pick up the baton a little bit later on, that'd be wonderful. Well, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Although I, to be honest, I don't think Wrexham will be, it'll be one of the two teams promoted. Oh, spoilers. At the end of this podcast, Dave and I are going to do our 1 to 23 as well. So I'm not going to release our spoilers just yet. But okay, (laughs) that's uh, that's yeah, that's quite a that's quite a statement. I like the sound of that. Um, Listen, Joel, thank you so much for giving up uh, a few moments of your time on this 
on this uh, wonderful Thursday evening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. We wish Solihull genuinely all the best. They've always been a nice club that uh, kind of we've crossed paths with and had little quirky games with the you know Luke Wilkinson going in goal and. I guess we do have a couple of things crossing paths now with Adi Youssef and Adam Rooney and a couple of others throughout the years. So I wish you genuinely all the best with the obvious two exceptions this season. And if we meet in the playoff final, we'll get back together and do this again. How does that sound? That sounds great. Yeah, thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, all the best to you for this season as well. Really appreciate great. it. Great to see how it unfolds. Yeah, brilliant. Top man, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. Bye. Huge thanks to Joel. He thinks Solihull are going to be right in amongst it this season. What do you think, Dave? Solihull for you? Are they going to be in there? Are they going to be in there in the conversation? Yeah, well, we spoke to Tom, didn't we, from the non-league lounge on the last podcast on uh, on Monday, uh, and he said he thought Solihull were his, uh, you know, were the dark horses. They were potentially the Sutton or the Barrow um, that we'd seen last year, and I wouldn't rule it out. I mean, let's, as I said there, we they spanked us five one at their place and looked a very good side, and then lost three uh, 0 at our place with a Joe Quigley hat trick, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, so they, they've definitely got the potential, and I do like the. I mean, that Andy Dallas. I know he scored a lot of goals for Weymouth, but um, he, if he hits the ground running, I'll not be surprised for them to be there or thereabouts. But now it's not regardless of what they think. It's now about what you and I think. Yeah, I, we did ask Ian to provide us with the one to 23 and a bit of a thought process, but he's absolutely jibbed out. So he's left us to stick our necks on the line. We're going to start by talking about four clubs who Yeovil are going to come up against before talking about Yeovil. And then we will get on to finalising and setting in stone our one to 23s. And we want to start with... Well, where else in this division? We're going to start by chatting about Wrexham. Now, Dave, without giving away too much in terms of where we think we are going to specifically put Wrexham, I think it's fair to say everyone expects them to be closer to the top than the bottom. Yes. Definitely. You, you look at the, you know, the Hollywood takeover, the, um, I'm not sure if it's Netflix, but whoever it is, the American um, channel that is uh, is going to be charting their season. It's all set up to be something, isn't it? And, yeah. and as you say, when you look at the players they brought in, they brought in a lot of players with uh, football league experience. Um, Paul Mullin, obviously player of the season in League Two last season, probably the, the marquee of marquee signings that they've got up front. And let's not forget, they had a decent team last season towards the end of it anyway I forget the name of the lad who um, uh, Tim from the Fearless and Devotion fanzine spoke to us about who scored a belting goal against us when they beat us 3-0 at their place but that game could have been five or six easily so they've added some very good players to some very good players so yes they are going to be troubling that top two or three I would say yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, a lot has been made about Paul Mullen to score 32 goals in League Two, be ready to go into League One, but then to drop down, I guess, two divisions to go to the top of the National League. A lot is going to be made of, of him and the expectancy of him. I was just looking at their transfers earlier. I actually really like the signing of Liam McAlinden uh, from Morecambe, who I guess has been replaced in sort of indirectly by Courtney Duffers. Um, I think he's a very good player. He, someone who I think was at Wolves, give or take, a few years back, not too long ago. But I, I like that signing. They've signed the uh, centre back from from Carlisle United. They've bought so so well in key areas. The biggest signing I think Wrexham have made of all is the gaffer Phil Parkinson. Um, 
we've seen him do it on cup runs with your Boltons and your uh, Bradford cities. And, and he's taken them sort of deep in cup competitions, but let's not forget he's got Colchester promoted. He's got other teams promoted from league twos to league ones and, and up and he knows how to get sides promoted. For me, that's the biggest signing of the lot. Um, I, I very much expect them to be right up in amongst it. I think my caveat to all this is every single side is going to want to beat Wrexham. Every team is going to be up giving everything to beat Wrexham. So I think there's still that little asterisk, that little question mark on, on Wrexham season. Can they just throw this team of Galacticos together and just buy the league? It's not, not always that simple. Salford didn't find it that easy when they tried to do it. So they got there eventually, but there's just enough of a question mark for me. And I think yeah. that us nicely on to the second team we, we, we were going to mention. And that can is, I just add one caveat? Of course you can. There, caveat in there, because I just bigged up Paul Mullen, but I did notice a few people pointed this out on social media. So he scored for Cambridge in League Two, 34 goals in 50 appearances last season. That, when you look through his career, is probably the only season he's had where he was truly pro- prolific. Uh, easy for me to say, but the um, and and in the previous season where I think he started at Tranmere and then uh, went to, to Cambridge towards the end, he got seven goals in thirty three games. So that might he played most of that season for Tranmere and then signed to Cambridge. So maybe it just worked for him at Cambridge uh, at uh, Cambridge last season. Um, but you know they've it's big money that they've spent for him, and yes, big that money spent elsewhere, and that adds pressure, doesn't it? That does oh, have yeah. pressure. He's got to deliver because that, that money's not going to be around forever. You know, it's not going to be there. Um, so yeah, there are there are just enough question marks for me on, on Wrexham, but I don't think this is a, a foregone conclusion just yet. And I think one of the teams that will be thinking about it, about trying to push them all the way, is one of the other ones we were going to mention. That is Stockport County, who again, a lot of us, all of us, expect to be much closer to the top than the bottom. What do you make of Stockport's uh, summer business and where do you roughly expect them to finish? Well, we played them last game of the season, didn't we, um, at, at, at our place. And and one player who really stood out for me in that game was John Rooney in midfield. He was just, uh, uh, you know, looked very classy. I mean, anyone with the name Rooney is going to be decent, isn't he? So, so again, like Wrexham, they've added very, they've added some good players to an already very good um, side. They've added Scott Quigley. Uh, he was obviously top scorer with Barrow when they went up. Um, and and, and it, just uh, that's the point. I, I've scribbled his name down there. He played alongside John Rooney. Yeah, at Barrow, yeah, they have got yeah. already got that partnership. I think that is, I think genuinely, that is a massive, massive signing for them. I really do. Yeah, and they got some lad, Mad, Mad, Madden, is it? Never heard of him. PT Madden or something like that. Yeah, anyway, Irish so, fella. He, yeah, exactly. So, so he's all right as well. But they've, um, they've also strengthened in defence. And I was talking to a, um, uh, yes, I apologise, a Manchester United supporting friend of mine, season ticket holder. So you know, he is a proper Manchester United from fan, London. So, uh, no, 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 from from Chorley, just outside of Preston. Okay. So that's yeah, he, he speaks with a with a thick uh, Lancashire accent. So we can we can forgive him. And he mentioned to me about a youth player from Man United's youth team called Will Fish, yeah. uh, William Fish, who'd, uh, who'd signed for Stockport. He said was very highly rated. Uh, he's on loan at Stockport um, from from Man United. Very highly rated uh, in the Old Trafford um, setup. And I, and I think he did actually play a game um, or before the in the in the Premier League, maybe their last game of the season. Um, he, uh, I think, he said he 
might have come off the bench or something like that. But yeah, um, so Will Fish as well could be could be someone to uh, to watch out for. I think we play them quite early, don't we? We go to Stockport, like the fourth game, third or fourth game, something like that. Something like that. And I agree. I was going to chuck in the name Ben Whitfield as well, who obviously oh, of we know, course. Yeah, we yeah, know yeah. from, from Yeovil and he was at Torquay. I actually don't mind the fact that they've signed the goalkeeper from Weymouth, Ethan Ross, who didn't disgrace himself in the game against us. I know we battered them, but he stopped it being a cricket score, I seem to remember. Yeah. So I think he's a, he's a player that I'm, I'm not sure if he's going to be their starting keeper or he's going to be second choice or whatever, but I think he's a young lad. I think they've signed better. They've signed younger as well. They've added a bit of experience, but sort of the bulk of the turnover has seen them reduce in age without losing an awful lot of quality. So I think that's a, I think that's a big, big... Uh, I think they've made a big statement there. All the lights and cameras and Hollywood directors may be looking at Wrexham, but... Not a million miles away. I think Stockport are going to be right up there. Yeah, Whitfield's a very good signing. And and uh, I know that brings us on to our our next target. A big loss for Torquay as well, I think, Ben Whitfield. Yeah, I agree. And that is a wonderful, wonderful link because the third team we were going to talk about is, of course, Torquay United. Um, they've had a bit of turnover. Let's yeah. not get this wrong. They've had some turnover. They've lost some. They've gained some. Um, obviously Gary Johnson, Gaffer down there. They've signed, they've signed okay, I think, but they've lost a lot. Does that does that make it more difficult for them? This well, is- when we when I was thinking about my one to twenty three, I did think to myself, God, they've lost so many players because, like you say, uh, Whit that the Whitfield was the one that really stuck out for me, and I, then I thought to myself. Cameron, who I remember watching in the um, in the playoff games, uh, who signed for Notts County centre yeah. half, was a very good uh, good player. The, the goal, the keeper who Lucas saved the penalty, yeah, yeah he's, he, he's gone as well, isn't he? And uh, I think Nimain, who I think might have scored up at our place uh, in that game that we won at our place last season, um, he's gone to Notts County as well. So I thought, to myself, well, they've lost a few, um, so I, 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 I could see them not being uh, as good. But then you look at who they've still got and who they brought in. So they brought in Scott Bowden, uh, centre forward, very, uh, very experienced. They still got Danny Wright, who um, our uh, uh, Joel from the Solihull fans he spoke about was uh, was prolific and has always been, you know, scored a lot of goals with Gary Johnson at Cheltenham as well. So he'll be good. They've got someone, uh, is it Jerry, Jerry Rogers, Gabby, Gabby Rogers. I can't remember, but he's Cristiano supposed to. Ronaldo. That's it. He's that's supposed him. to be all right. Asa Hall in midfield, Connor Lemonhay Evans, which yeah. always sounds like he should, you know, mummy and daddy have got him a pony and all of that. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Connor Lemonhay Evans. Um, so, you know, they've still got some good players. So, I don't think they'll be. Gary Johnson, isn't it? So he's always capable of doing something. I don't think they'll be in the top three or four without I, giving away too much. I rewrote Torquay's position in my one to 23 more than any other club. Yeah. I put them as high as I could have put them and then went, no, no, no chance. And then I put them quite low and thought, actually, no, there's no chance of that either. I've settled on somewhere in the middle. And obviously we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. But I think I just don't know what to expect of them. The thing that I think has settled it for me is Gary Johnson a lot like Darren Sahl did a couple of years ago if he senses things aren't right he's the type of manager to pull a bit of a trigger and do a mass overhaul if he needs to he can just bring players click fingers get loans in do whatever he needs to do he feels like that is always a possibility with him a little bit like he's done this season um I like their goalkeepers as well. I'm a big fan of Mark Halstead and that Marcin Brozowski, who we borrowed for a couple of games as well from QPR. If he's going to be their second choice keeper, 
he's going to be up there with the best second choice keepers in the league. So, um, yeah, I think they've got um, I think they've got plenty of options. There was going to be one other team we were going to talk about. We've talked about three sides that I think will be disappointed with anything other than a decent finish. Let's talk about a team who would be disappointed should they no longer be in the division next year. Weymouth. Yeah. Down the road, seagull botherers on the beach, picking up stones, skimming them into the ocean. It's not quite a case that they stayed up by default last year. I think that would be unfair, but they're going to spend the season again looking over their shoulders, right? I thought so, yeah. Yeah, You. Uh, I mean, part-time side still, I think. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they obviously brought in Brian Stock, who was uh, was the under-23s at, um, at Bournemouth, wasn't he? And they brought in um, a few a few lads from Bournemouth, I think. So mm. I would expect them to have a young side, an exciting side. Um, you know, got spanked 13-0 by Chelsea. But when you look at the Very team, good Chelsea side. I'm going to say, when you look at the team <laughs> Chelsea put out, that's probably not a bad result. I mean, last season, I think a lot of what they did was probably down to the goals of Andy Dallas. Yep. They don't have them this season. I There's a lad, Brad Ash. Brad Ash. And they've signed, um, they've re-signed Brandon Goodship. And I think ah, that, yeah. is, that is their probable best hope of, of replacing those Dallas goals is through Goodship. He scored a boatload for them when they were National League South in yeah. the process of getting promoted. Went to South End, didn't quite get going really at South End. Didn't do horrendously by any stretch of the imagination, but I think they've had to cut their cloth and change tact a few times after getting relegated. So he departed, but is now back at Weymouth. And of course, we know him from his time at Yeovil. Um, so I think that might not be a terrible piece of business, if truth be told. No, no, no. Good ship. You're, you're right. Is a is, is a good one. I think they brought in a couple of young lads at the back as well from um, from Bournemouth as well. So it all depends how they do. Some of these young lads, you know, you you may not have heard of them, but they they turn out to be revelations, don't they? But um, or they could get you know knocked about by whoever they've got in their first game of the season and then lose all their confidence and uh, and disappear off into their shell. But uh, that Brad Ash, is he a striker as well? Brad Ash, I think he's uh, yes. he scored quite a few from him pre-season. I know that doesn't really mean anything pre-season, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I would expect them to be flirting with the bottom. How many going down this season? Is it four? Is it four? Is it? Because it's, it's 23 game, yes, yeah, so it must be three, mustn't it? There's 23 game, um, uh, 23 uh, team division in it, so yeah, so three. I'd expect them to be flirting with the bottom three, yeah, there yeah, we go. I do. Yeah. That Brad Ash uh, signed from uh, Chippenham Town, that's where oh, he was okay. so that is a step up for him. But if he can make it, good luck to him, fair yeah. play. He has played for. England C and he's played for that kind of uh, that level, so he's clearly got some non league pedigree. Um, I guess it's time to move on to Yeovil Town. Ah, oh, yeah, Yeovil Town. Yeah, yeah who, that's what we're here to talk about, aren't we? Who have a game in hand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> For everyone. So we'll, we'll, keep, we'll put that as three points in the bag. <laughs> we don't start bottom because of Dover's points deduction. Um, and so the only way is, nearly the only way is up for us this season. Does the signing of Adi Youssef change our thoughts? significantly with regards to where we're going to finish or is that not enough of a, re- a recruitment boost 
well, we spoke on Monday, didn't we, about how we needed a how we needed a striker, how we needed someone to you know to finish those chances in the Reese Murphy uh, kind of mould. Now, uh, we've not seen Adi Yusuf play other than a few goals on um, that Sam's clipped together for his uh, entry. But listening to what Joel from the um, Solihull told us, he sounds like someone that if you do all the work for him, he's there. Now, I think last season, because Murphy wasn't really around, he we, we did a lot of the work. Uh, we created a lot of chances. You could see if we can keep Tom Knowles fit, keep just Wakefield fit. You can see how their chances going in. Um, I've only seen Dale Gorman play that one game at Stratford. Ian, I remember telling us about how he was banging in crosses. You can see how there can be a lot into the box. We said we needed a striker, a goal-scoring striker. We've got someone who is definitely a striker and appears to have a pedigree of scoring goals. So I feel more confident. Um, what was it you said? Wake me up when September's over yeah, the, or whatever the it was. Green Day clause. I'm not buying any of this negativity until September's over. Yeah. So you can wake me up when September ends, to quote okay. Green Day. Well, I'm not buying into your positivity until <laughs> September ends. <laughs> yeah. Well, see how we see how we start out. We've got the Green we, we, Day clause. Give us yeah. the Green Day clause. Taketh away. Yeah. Well, we've got, I think our bigger problem, well, so, so since we've, um, uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks or so, we've got sunny, sunny blue low Everton in who uh, so it seems to be uh, well thought of. We've got Adi Yusuf in. We still that still only really leaves us the three attacking players, three forward players. So we say if we're not saying Tom Knowles and Josh Wakefield, Josh Wakefield. Uh, no, he, Charlie he, Wakefield. Charlie Wakefield. Yeah. Josh used to play for us. Yeah, he did. I keep thinking of him. He's the one I called a knobhead, wasn't he? That played for Wake for Wellston. But yeah, so uh, yeah, Charlie Wakefield and um, and Tom Knowles. Uh, if we're calling them midfield players, we we have we still have a lack of forward players. We still got three loans that we can bring in. So I, I would be surprised if there's not more people in that position come the first game of the season against Kings Lynn. I think our problem is strength in depth. You, we if we get injuries and we've already had injuries, we're going to struggle. And we're That's still advertising problem. for a physio. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that is without question, without question. If if this league was played on paper, I think we'd actually finish really quite high in terms of best eleven. If this was just done on on a Paul's panel type thing, do you remember those things where you used to post in your football? You remember anyone out there used to ever used to do that where you post in in off the post? I think it was called the advertising in the back of four four two magazine. You used to send too letters. That, ben. Yeah, too young to remember any of that. <laughs> I remember that. I did it once. It's terrible. But like, like I say, if football was played on paper, I think the bare eleven I'm actually really excited about. I think there's a lot of quality in the actual in the best eleven. If everyone was absolutely on point, no one was injured, and everyone was selected, I'm really excited about our eleven. There's just too many other. Yeah, but what about? Yeah, yeah, but maybes. Yeah, are we going to be ill-disciplined again? Yeah, are we going to have too many injuries again? Yeah, are we able to struggle? Are we are we able to go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, probably forever? Um, are we able to to go far in cups? We may need to financially. We may need to give the FA Cup everything it deserves. We may want to try and win the FA Trophy. This is Darren Sarr's last season contracted to us. He would probably want to go out with something. 
whether it be another playoff campaign, whether it be the FA Trophy in his back pocket, whether it be a legacy of some description of bringing a youngster through, whatever it may be, he needs to go into, if this is does become his last season and decides to walk away at the end, unless he renegotiates, I think he wants to, he would want to walk away with something possibly tangible. I think if he does that, we'll be wanting him to stay, won't we? Oh, um, yeah, without question. Yeah. But I think you kind of, it may have to wait until the back end of the season before you have that conversation financially. Yeah. And, you know, if we're sat in 12th place, people may want change. Yeah. You know, people are not just supporters, people at the top may want change. Yeah. So they may yeah. want to roll the dice knowing that they've got a manager out of contract. Yeah. If, if it turns out quite quickly, we're hovering third place for most of the season and we're sat pretty in February, March, Definitely let's tie him down. Definitely let's get him going. If we are trying to, you know, we're on the verge of an FA Trophy final or, or, you know, going through the FA Cup that draws us a big home tie that keeps us afloat for another couple of years. Yeah, definitely let's look to keep him involved. Um, But I think it's a fairly big year, isn't it, for the gaffer? We've spoke before about how we just wanted him to have a a proper crack at it. And this has been his most normal pre-season of the three and it's it doesn't been, say much does it it doesn't say much and it hasn't been a normal pre-season no but no. do you think do you think he feels any pressure down south this season um yeah i imagine he strikes me as the kind of person who puts pressure on himself doesn't he yeah that's fair um so i i think he probably does uh, i don't think and we can come on to what our twitter poll showed us i don't think he's feeling the crushing weight of expectation of our supporters no i think that's right i I think you're absolutely right maybe that first year when he joined there was some expectation we just dropped out of the football league we'd signed very well let's not get that wrong we had to sign quickly but we signed really well and reintegrating carl dickinson signing reese murphy getting good players in there was an expectation that we should be kicking about there your first season down is always your best chance of getting back up. That's not the case third year in. Um, so I, I agree with you there. Yeah. And that first season was well, obviously finished early, didn't it? And, um, and in that first half of that season, we looked like we were, you know, we were flying, weren't we? And then we had a real, um, a bit of a wobble, well, a bit of quite a wobble uh, at the start of the, um, around, well, after that win at Torquay. Um, and then, started to pick up again didn't we and we beat yeah. Wrexham and then we won that game at Dover and then it was all over wasn't it yeah which was a real shame we'll kind of never really know how that ended up I think we were always going to finish in the playoffs mm. but obviously the way it was all worked out Barnet didn't finish in the playoffs and we lost to them in the playoffs so it was a, it was a strange old end to that season last season as we spoke about a thousand times over was was a write-off for, of just so many reasons yeah so, so- the Twitter poll. Let's let's have a Twitter. So we asked we asked people on 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 the Twitter very very simply where do you think Yeovil Town are going to finish this season? And the options were champions with an exclamation mark and a little trophy at the end, playoffs, mid table obscurity, or we're in trouble. Uh oh. And Uh-oh. so how first thing how many votes? We got two hundred and forty four votes, and thank you to every one of you. <laughs> yeah and the shall i do it in ascending order yeah why not four percent of people thought we would be champions which is probably fair enough 13 percent of people thought we were going to get playoffs 28 percent of people thought we're in trouble and 55 percent of people voted for mid-table obscurity so are we assuming the lad is 
anything between sort of 8th and 16th. Yeah, I'd say obscurity is probably where you're not really troubling any either end, are you? You're okay. not troubling. So I'd say something between like 10th and 15th or something like that. Okay, yeah. that's, that's probably fair. Now, what I did do is I had a bit of a scour throughout the online community. And I wanted to bring up a couple of things that a couple of publications had said about us. And I'm going to start with at NL Bible one on Instagram, who we've asked Glover's cast listeners to go and vote for us before with, they have us finishing eighth one place above Wrexham. What do you make of that? I'll be, I'll be impressed. If you take finish. it, wouldn't you? You yeah, take I it. Would, I would take that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, podcast D five football who is a, uh, it's an extension of D3, D4 football, who talk about League One and Two, uh, has us finishing bang 12th. That, that feels more like where I would expect us to finish, yeah. And then our friend Joel from uh, the Bandwagon uh, fanzine uh, mentioned that he had worked with a, uh, uh, a blog called Off The Line on their, on, their, uh, on their season preview. They have us finishing 12th. 12th. Yeah, there's a... There is a theme coming here, isn't there? There is. And then finally, last but by no means least, 442 Magazine do an excellent preseason magazine every single year. I've been very, very lucky to be a part of it on a couple of occasions when Yeovil were high enough up the divisions to actually have fans answering questions. Um, not so much this year, unfortunately. No, um, they've not been on the phone, no. They haven't. No, you're right. So here's what, here's what they said. Darren Stiles' side ended last term in lower mid-table, so at least hope towards a top 12 push. In the coming campaign, impressive additions like Chesterfield keeper Grant Smith and experienced defender Mark Little will help, but losing top scorer Reese Murphy to Southend was a bitter blow. Have us finishing 14th. So we are seeing a bit of a theme here. Those of, those of the world outside of Yeovil kind of have us in mid-table, and I think that everyone's kind of agreeing with with that whether or not i'd take 12th 13th 14th now if you offered it i think would be up for debate would you if i offered you 13th place right now would you take it uh i, I would well we'll come on to it won't we that I, I would say that is where i would expect us to finish which kind of gives away what i'm i'm, I'm gonna say but um would i take it no i'd obviously want us to do better wouldn't i but um but i i, I wouldn't be you know, overly troubled if that's if that's where we we ended up. That answers the question, kind of. It kind of does. Let's uh, let's take a look now. I'm gonna I'm gonna quote now a I'm gonna quote some betting odds. This okay. is not this is not a betting podcast. It never will be a betting podcast. This is not how we do things. If you are under the age of eighteen, please close your ears. If you are over the age of eighteen and wish to have a bet, do it responsibly, and I genuinely mean that as somebody who works in the industry. Um. The favourites, it'll be of no surprise with regards to bookmakers, are Wrexham, around about seven to two at time of recording, three and a half to one. If you bet a pound, you will uh, get three pound fifty back plus your one pound. Stockport are in the betting at four to one. Knotts County at eight to one. Chesterfield are nines, ten to one. South End eleven to one. Grimsby Torquay fourteen. Solihull Moors big jump now, twenty two to one. Twenty five to one. Dagenham and Redbridge Bromley are thirty three to one. Halifax are five oh fifty to one. Yeovil are five oh fifty to one, which means if you place one pound bet on Yeovil to win the league, 
you lose a pound. Boreham <laughs> Wood, 66 to 1. Eastley, 66 to 1. Barnet, 66 to 1. And then we're into the big, 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 big prices, 100 to 1. Woking, Maidenhead, 125s. Aldershot Town, who does that leave us? Altrium, 200 to 1. Weymouth, 250. Kings Lynn, 250. Wilston, 500. If you want to place a bet on Dover to win the National League, maybe get some help. Yes. 1,000 <laughs> to 1. I think the Glovers cast listeners are probably with me here. They, they can hear, they can see John McCruick here. It's like, uh, <laughs> that was like you uh, reading out. I, I imagined you doing all the, uh, all the motions as well. So um, yeah, any- you might have to listen to that one back and slow it down to get all of those odds. But yeah. Are there any surprises in there? Was there any club that made you go, Oh, that's not as big as I thought it was going to be. Or that was too big. No. No, I, I I would say, I mean, you, you work for a bookmaker, so you'll know they don't often get a lot wrong, do they? So um, nothing, yeah. nothing desperately jumped out at me as what? No, but um, yeah. It's worth noting that the last two champions of this league have been very big priced. Yeah, 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 yeah. In Barrow and, and certain United. So yeah. I think we should take all those with a pinch of salt, of course. Um. Let's let's do a one to twenty three, Dave. Let's do it. Let's do this now. This is recorded nineteenth of August, twenty twenty one. A lot of football is about to be played, but we've had a stab at it. You can reel this back in May and laugh your heads off when the team that finishes top in my list actually goes He's on to finish fourth. <laughs> I'm sure we'll have uh, supporters of uh, the bottom teams reminding us when we uh, when we when we when we uh, get it completely wrong. Um, do you want to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Let's go bottom to top. Oh, okay, that way round. So 23rd, you've gone for Dover. Dover, correct. This is easy. This is going to fly yeah. through. 22nd, Kingsland. Oh, Wealdston. Mm-hmm. 21st, Wealdston. Weymouth. <laughs> okay. I've got them just sneaking down. 20th, Weymouth. Kingsland. Okay. Right. 19th. Aldershot. Oh, Woking. Okay. 18th. Yeah. Maidenhead. Altrincham. Okay. Altrincham looked good when we played them at the end of last season. I know we had uh, Lawson Diaf playing right back, which, um, yeah. Okay. So what did I say then? Aldershot, didn't I? I'm at Aldershot now. Yeah. So well, 17. Maidenhead. You've said Maidenhead twice. No, I haven't. I said my, my, my bottom five is Dover, Kings in Wilson, Weymouth, Oldershot, Maidenhead. Okay. So in 17th, you've, oh, in bottom five, 19th, that is, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Right. I haven't got numbers against these. So I'm. Why do you not have numbers? Uh, well, I just wrote a list That's of That's how clubs tables and then, work. And then moved them around. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. 23, 22, 21, 19, 18th. So 18th, that's what we just said, haven't we? Maidenhead. I've got Maidenhead. I've got 18th as Altrincham, and you said they were quite good. Uh, yeah. Okay, 17th. You said Altrincham, not me. Yeah, this but I thought, you, I thought you said Maidenhead twice. Oh, no. You get, Glover's cast listeners, I will, I, we will get pictures. We will put pictures <laughs> on social media of the 1 to 23, because Dave yeah. can't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so uh, after Maidenhead, I've got Boreham Wood. Okay, I've got Aldershot Town in 17th. Okay. 16th. Woking. Maidenhead. 15th. Altrincham. Barnet. Don't think they're going to be great. I think they'll be fine, but I hate Harry Kuehl, So Yeah. Uh, 14th. Yeovil Town. What? This, this early? 14th. This at 14th? 14th. That's why I put us 14th. I, I had us 14th before... Adi Yusuf, 
And I, I, I thought about changing it, but I haven't. So I'm going 14th. Boreham Wood, 14th. 13th. Barnet. Dagenham and Redbridge. Dagenham? Uh, I don't know. I think they'll be higher than that. Uh, well, I originally had them higher and they've kind of... I, I think I, when I originally scribbled it, I had them 8th. And they've kind of shuffled their way down as I kind of kept putting okay. other teams okay. in. Fair um, enough. 12th. Uh, FC Halifax Town. FC Halifax Town. And there the, you go. We've agreed on something. Is that the second agree. one we've agreed on after Dover? After Dover. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I think everyone agree on Dover, won't they? But yeah. 11th. Let's Dover win this now. Um, Eastleigh. Oh, I've gone Solihull Moors. Mm, I think they'll do better than that. Yeah. yeah. 10th. Well, I've got Bromley. Oh, okay. But but, but uh, they, they lost Courtney Duffus, but uh, but he didn't really play from last year. So yeah, I'm sticking with Bromley. I'll stick with Bromley. Yeah. Okay. That intense. I'm going with Eastley. Okay. Ninth. Grimsby Town. Grimsby Town. I'm going for Yeovil Town. Ah, okay. Right. They had to come in somewhere, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ninth. I think. I think we're gonna we're gonna flirt with the playoffs for a long time and then I think I agree with you that our depth may cost us towards the end I could even see us starting quite well come Christmas be sort of fifth sixth and be riding amongst it everyone gets excited couple of injuries couple of red cards and suddenly we're going oh it's going to start falling away and, and back end of the season might be a bit of a disappointment so happy medium ninth place finish whilst if if come February March we're having to think about what other clubs are doing and how it affects us I might take it Okay, nice. Yeah. Dagenham and Redbridge. Ah, Southend United. Okay, yeah, yeah. Seventh place. Tol- uh, Solly Olmores. I've gone Bromley. Okay. I okay. wonder, I, the way I look at it, the more I come back to it and the more I've read, of, of that group of clubs that could be a little bit of a shock, I think I put them at the top of it of that pack um, for a couple of reasons. Again, I did decide post uh, pre Courtney Duffus leaving. I know he wasn't playing a lot, but he was a potential difference maker. So I'm, 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 I'm going to stick my guns out. I think Bromley might be the club that breaks out of the, the middle pack to sneak in the playoffs. Sixth. Hockey United. Grimsby town. Okay. Fifth. South end United. Torquay United. Fourth. Not counting. Oh, it's the third one we agree on. Oh, there you go. Not counting. Are you feeling this, tension yet, Glover? I was going to say, this This top three could be anything. Could be anything. But, okay. but go on. Let's go for it. Third. Uh, Chesterfield. I've gone Chesterfield as well. Yeah. So... One, two, so that's four we've agreed on so far. And yeah. I don't think we're going to agree on this bit. Who have you got finishing second? <laughs> Wrexham. You've changed it. <laughs> I did change it. it. Yeah. When we when oh. we spoke off the air before earlier, I changed it. But I, I, I do honestly think that these top three could be anything. They 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 could they could all finish in any of these top three positions. I, I genuinely believe that. But Yes, Wrexham second. Yeah, I have also got Wrexham second, which means 
the yeah. Glovers cast 21-22 National League champions, Stockport County. Stockport County. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's that partnership yeah. of, of Rooney, Feeney yeah. and Quigley with Madden by his side. I think that is such a well-oiled, already established front trio that I think that's going to be just enough of an edge over a Wrexham side who are going to have to gel, who are going to have to take time, who are going to have to go under a lot of pressure with teams that are not interested in giving them a second. I think teams will have a crack at Stockport and I think teams will get found out against Stockport. Wrexham, I think players and teams will set up and say, you aren't beating us. We don't want you here to buy this division. We're going to give you a hellish time. I think there'll be clubs that go there and just kick lumps out of Wrexham and they get away with a nil-nil draw and it'll be horrible and not enjoyable at all. So for me, for that reason, I have just sided with Stockport over Wrexham. But like you say, that top three, that top three yeah. feels a little bit cut off, don't they, from the rest? Yeah, yeah. I think three. Chesterfield with Jamanga, they've got um, a big Asante. signing for them. Yeah. Sante scored a lot of goals from last season as well. They've got Danny Rowe, who scored a lot of goals for File, didn't he, when they did well. You know, they've got some decent players, Chesterfield, um, and decent players on decent players. Um, got Jack Clark, didn't they? He wasn't a decent player for us, but he yeah. was a decent player for them. So, so yeah, uh, I, I agree with you. I If you'd have asked me two hours ago, I would have said Stockport, but you, uh, you know, losing your, <laughs> your charger for your laptop... <laughs> Gave me an opportunity to sit back and think about what I'd done. Amazing. You mentioned a few names there. I I, I do want to talk goal scorers. I know we've joked that I have a, a cheeky pound each way on, on Ruben Reed being the top goal scorer this season, which is already pretty much down the pan. Um, there are goal scorers. Again, I'm going to use betting odds here, ladies and gentlemen. So please, if you're under 18, don't listen to this bit. If you are over the age of 18, take it with every measure of responsibility that you need to, please. Uh, no surprise to see who's top of the list. Paul Mullen, top goal scorer of the division at 5-1. to one. And then we have a huge jump already. Scott Quigley at 12-1. to one. Uh, Patrick Madden, I think that's another thing for me. Those two goal scorers right up the top there at 12-1. to one. Kabongo Tushmanga is 16-1. to one. Danny Rowe at 16-1. to one. Stockport have three of the top five. Uh, Reese yeah, Murphy. I would have a, I would have some money on uh, on either Madden or, or Quigley to be top scorer. Definitely. Which Quigley? Yeah. <laughs> Which Quigley? Yeah, yeah. Um, Scott Quigley. Yeah. Uh, Reese Murphy, twenty to one. Apparently, he knows how to score a goal or two. Kyle Wooten is twenty to one. Michael Cheek always scores against us, twenty to one. Jake Hyde, twenty to one. Paul McCallum, twenty twos. Adam Rooney, who came up very briefly in the com- in the con. Uh, conversation we had with with Joel at twenty five to one. I'm not touching that if I'm if truth be told. Um, who else have we got? Twenty five to one. I'm looking for some Yeovil players at this point. Um, twenty five to one. Alex Reid, right? John Rooney comes in here. Ruben Rodriguez, Ricky Miller at thirty three to one. Liam McAlinden. That's my little nibble. I've had a small, tiny wager on Liam McAlinden. Uh, ben House forty. Stephen Payne. I'm still looking. Uh, Lanell John Lewis. So good. They named a shop after him. 40 to 1. Uh, Ruben Reed is 40 to 1 in the betting. That's where my one pound each way is gone. I will keep scrolling. Jamal Loza, a name that we'll recognize at 66 to 1. Brandon Goodship is 100 to 1. In Where's the- Andy Dallas? Andy Dallas, I'm not sure whether maybe he's signed too late. Uh, okay, to be so he hasn't answer. been added. Joe Quigley is 100 to 1. Uh, Josh McCoy down at Weymouth is 100 to 1. 
Ross McCormack, he's not still attached, is he? I think that's, uh, I'm not sure why he's on the list, but he's 100 to 1. Because he's someone that the bookies have heard of, I think, yeah. Courtney Duffus of League One is 150 to 1 to be the National League's top goal scorer this season. <laughs> that's a, that's that, a waste of money, that, that, yeah. that would be a bad, a bad bet. Uh, Bradley Ash, who again has come up in conversation during this podcast, is 150 to 1. Again, so you've you've sort of nailed your, nailed your mass to a couple of, of players there. I do like... Uh, Liam McAlinden, I think he might come down. I think he might benefit. Whilst all the defenders are worrying about Paul Mullen, I think he might be the one to sneak around the outside and just nod them in the back post. Um, so that would be my my thoughts there. Um, if you were to put Adi Youssef on that list, again, I think he's probably signed too late to be involved at this point. But if I was to turn you into a into a thought process behind a, a bookmaker without necessarily putting a number on it, where would That's you put him? That's a dangerous in? thing to be, yeah. You, I'd you, put him... You, you I'd, put him higher up the list than Ruben Reed, wouldn't you? I would, yeah. So Ruben Reed was 40 to 1, did you say? Yeah. Uh, I, I know sod all about betting. 25? Okay, 33, so, something like that. So yeah. in, in, in that group in behind the main players. I think that's yeah. probably about right. If Liam McAlinden's 33s and Stefan Payne and Lionel John Lewis are 40s, I'd probably pop him in there. I think Ruben Reed is probably too short too short of an odds to be perfect. Again, he's, he's someone that, that people have heard of in bookmakers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, so... That is um, that is the top goal scorers in the league. We've we've mentioned that we all think that Dover are going down. Wilston and the usual suspects are going to be down at the bottom. I've got Weymouth slipping out of it. You've got Kings Lynn going. I've got Kings Lynn just about surviving by the king uh, by the skin of their teeth. Um, I think that just about wraps up our pre-season podcast. Um, I think ah, uh, but does it? Well, the it kind of does. It kind of does. Um, I want to say firstly a huge thank you to. To everyone who's kept with us this summer, it's not been always the smoothest. We've not produced two every single week on the clock as perfect as we'd like it to be. But if you are just joining us for the new season and you're kind of finding us for the first time, please, 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 please go back and listen to our conversations with Kevin Gore, with Graham Roberts, with Mickey Spencer and Neil Coates. Uh, ben Smith, that was a really good, let's not underrate that one. Hugo Rodriguez has been on the podcast. I had a wonderful conversation with Josh Staunton. We've talked with uh, the great and the good with regards to Yeovil Town. We had a wonderful conversation looking back on the Gary Johnson years. I thought that was really good with Jimmer and Steve Souden and, and a number of other guys that have joined us throughout the course of the summer. And even if it's just us waffling along, I really do appreciate people who have continued to send little messages and say, thanks very much. Cheers for what you're doing. Cheers for keeping it up. Keep visiting the website. We're going to keep going throughout the course of the season, doing our best to bring you bits and pieces of news, news that maybe the official site wouldn't be in a position to give opinions from Blackpool Gazette players about a player that never played for Blackpool or, you know, quotes from opposition managers, things like that, that we can offer that maybe you wouldn't expect with, with Sam and, and the obvious green tint that he's got to put on things. Um, so yeah, thanks ever so much. Thank you to Dave and to Ian for having me and still accepting me. You're just being polite at this point. I'm convinced. Um, but it's been it's been a it's been a good summer to keep ourselves going. But now the season is upon us. We will be back after the non-Wrexham game. Ian will be back from his yeah, camping. Finally, finally back. Now we've put all our work in. And I know. Now I've been and figured out how to edit in. this thing. Yeah. Um. So that is pre-season done. It starts now properly. Um. There's no break for us. We crack on. We carry on. So I wanted to finish off our pre-season episode and our off-season schedule with something a little tiny bit different. Dave and I, Dave, thank you for this, by the way, have spent the last few days badgering people 
getting on people's nerves, asking for them to record a few little bits about Yeovil this season. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoyed putting it together for the next 13 minutes. I'm going to let you, the Glovers cast family, play us out into the new season. Dave, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Should we keep going through the new season? Yeah, let's do it. Let's speak again uh, Sunday for Monday, shall we? Let's do it. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Kevin Gall. Uh, just wishing everybody at uh, Yeovil Town, uh, all the players and staff um, and fans and the Glovers cast, all the best for the um, season ahead. Um, if all goes well, no reason why we can't make the playoffs and even get promoted uh, back to where we belong. Um, can't wait to see the boys in action. Um, it's uh, It's been a good sort of uh, pre-season and I think that... Uh, Having somebody like Mark Little bringing him in on board and, and bringing his experience and his ability into the squad, I think will help us massively. So looking forward to seeing Litz on the pitch. Um, all the best to everybody and uh, hopefully uh, see you all soon. Okay, All the best, Golly. Cheers. Hi everyone, I'm Marcus Duncan. I'm a Yeovil fan and was the commentator for the live stream last season. You'll have to endure my voice, unfortunately. Um, for the whole season but yeah I'm looking forward to next season with fans being back and I'm a bit less pessimistic than a lot of people I've seen I I think we could be on the higher end of mid-table maybe flirting with the p-word throughout the season and uh, I'm really excited to see Josh Staunton it'll be like a new signing I'm really really excited to see Sonny Blue Low Everton um, play for Yeovil I think he looks a really really exciting player and also Joe Quigley, 10 goals in 21 starts isn't too dissimilar to a certain Reese Murphy last season. So I think it should be a good season. And just, yeah, the main thing is with fans being back, it will be very different. Hi, Andy Easton here, Northern Glover and a big fan of the Glover's cast. Uh, my prediction for the season for us, I think it's going to be a very average season. From what I've read, um, from the, the, the somewhat short pre-season we've had, I think... We're going to see quite a few draws uh, leading us really to around a 15th place finish, somewhere around there. Uh, I think in terms of players I'm excited to see, I really want to see what Tom Knowles can do after last season. Uh, I do hope we can keep him for the season because I do think he's too good for us. Uh, I'm also keen to see what Sonny Blue Low Everton does. Um, it's rare that we get a player arrive at the club and all the comments from their existing uh, fans are all positive, but he's come with some serious praise, and I think hopefully, you know, that should be quite exciting to see what he can do. Uh, as for winning the league, I can't see past Wrexham and, and all the money that they've got, and I think they'll be joined by Knox County via the playoffs. Uh, as for going down, I think it's going to be Dover, Weldston, and I think Weymouth will also drop. Cheers, guys. Good work. Evening, all. Andy Craig here, Yeovil fan and have been all my life. At the request of Coatsy, I think the Gloves are going to finish 11th this season. The player I'm most looking forward to seeing is Tom Knowles. Who else? Don't fall in love with footballers. Hi guys, Elliot Watts here. Another season upon us already. Where did those summer months go? Feels like the season only just finished. Um, I'm not expecting big things for the season coming up, 
I think probably a bottom half finish. I'm not overjoyed with the team. I think there's a lack of depth there. And if we start picking up a few injuries like last year, I don't think we have a lot of cover. The player I'm looking forward to seeing in the flesh is probably Mark Little, if he can stay fit. But there is that question mark over his fitness, of course. Um, and of course, Tom Knowles, who was performing well at the back end of last season. I'm looking forward to being back at Hewish Park, or more importantly, on the away days for fans there and getting behind the team. But yeah, I'm not expecting a big, big season. Thanks, guys. Hey, Yeovil Town fans and everybody at Glover Cast. Uh, this is Josh Wagner here, former goalkeeper. Um, wishing you guys all the best of luck in the new season. And uh, yeah, thank you, everybody, uh, for my time there. Hope you're all doing great. Take care. Hi, my name's Nigel Dyson. I'm the reigning Glover's Cast Quiz Champion. Where will Yeovil Town finish this season? I reckon about eighth. I'm going to go quite confident. Which player am I looking forward to seeing this season? I think Sonny Blue Low Everton. Apart from the fact that he's got a great name, I think he's going to be a real gem. I think uh, Darren Siles really pulled uh, a good one out of the hat there and I'm hope, really looking forward to seeing a very exciting player. Oh, and by the way, did I mention I'm the reigning Glover's Cast quiz champion? I'm Sheridan Robbins, and I'm a big Yeovil Town fan, have been for many years now, um, but also taking over the Yeovil Town commentary on BBC Somerset. So should be at most of the games this season and very excited to hopefully preside over some success for Darren Saul, who I think we can all agree deserved it after a few years of, of immense disruptions and in terms of Yeovil Town this season it's really really tough to predict we still have a few players that probably need to sign on the dotted line whether that be permanent signings or whether that be loan signing something that Darren Sard has spoken about so much but also has utilised really well and uh, I think we'll hopefully be pushing just for the playoffs I don't think it's going to be fighting for the title with the amount of money that's been spent in the National League but I think if we can finish seventh then I'd say that would be a very very successful season and something Darren Sahl still talks about you know no matter what he comes up against and Covid and delays to the season delays to pre-season you know he knows that Yeovil Town need to be pushing for promotion for the next couple of years and try and get out of this league as quickly as possible and I'm really excited to see a couple of players in that Yeovil Town shirt. I think Jordan Barnett is a really exciting signing. You know, we score him, saw him score a fantastic goal against us, but I think he's got more to his, his game than that. Watching him in training, he really likes to, to get forward and, and also do his defensive duties. And I think playing alongside the likes of Mark Little, who I think is a real coup and a, a real leadership character with the absence of the three hugely influential players that, that we lost at the end of last season I think he's going to be brilliant for us and uh, you know, I was rather critical of Adam Smith last season, I thought he could have done better so I think it's important that Grant Smith hits the ground running and you know we've spoken so much about the defensive qualities of the team last season and you know with a, with a goalkeeper of that stature really used to keeping clean sheets we should be very excited to, to see him make that number one shirt his own and uh, I'm really hoping that we can have some success because, let's face it, Yeovil Town fans really deserve it. Hello, Glover's cast. It's AD here. Good luck to Yeovil. I think they're going to do well this year. I'm not a pessimist, I'm an optimist. 
And I think they'll do fairly well. And the player I'm looking forward to seeing most of all is Luke Wilkinson, because he's solid. Solid as a rock. Hi, I'm Dave Pryor, commentator for Three Valleys Radio, an occasional guest on the Glover's cast. Love the show, boys, but mill deals aside, obviously. I think Yeovil going to finish around about 14th this season. I don't want to be too doom and gloom, but a lot of turnover this season and a lack of goals may also be an issue. A mid-table season, I think, could well be a good season. The player I'm most looking forward to watching is Tom Knowles came into his own the second half of last season and could be the bright spark we need to lift our campaign. Looking forward to hopefully shouting his name out a few times this year. Tom Knowles! Hey, this is uh, Mickey Spencer supporting you from afar, wishing everybody at the Green and White Army, Darren, Terry and all the players at Yeovil Town a fantastic 2021-22 season. Come on, make this season, the crowd are back, and I'm sure you're going to have a great season. All the best, and I'll be watching from afar. Take care. Hi, I'm Chris Fox, a uh, Yeovil fan and fan of the Glovers cast. Um, predictions for the season, I think Yeovil are going to finish 12th. I'm going to go 12th this season, 12th to 14th, I'd say. Um, and players to look out for... I would say, would be Tom Knowles. Hi, my name is Ryan Jones. I'm an avid Yeovil Town fan, have been for many years, and I've also been a member of the Green and White Supporters Club for quite a few years. I'm quite optimistic of a, a top-half finish for Yeovil this season. I know that we've lost quite a lot of experience with the likes of Dickinson and Lee moving on, but I'm quite optimistic that we'll do quite well with the young team that we're assembling. Uh, I'm most looking forward to watching Tom Knowles this season. Uh, every time he seems to get on the ball, from what I've seen, even in pre-season, he just seems to lift the whole squad, so, or lift, lift the whole team, rather. So hopefully, with some good performances, we'll do well this season. Hi, this is Paul Thorpe speaking. Just wanted to wish your town squad um, a fantastic season. I hope you get all the luck in the world. And also to all the fans, it'd be great to have you back in the stadium. Um, I hope you're also uh, cheering the guys on, even through the bad times and when they, they really need to hear that voice. So get behind the team and let's hope we have a real successful year. All the best. Hi everyone, it's Tom Seymour, former Yeovil Town commentator for BBC Radio Somerset and just wanting to wish everyone involved at the Glovers cast and the team themselves all the best for this season. I'm thinking that the playoffs have got to be a realistic ambition for this season ahead and I'm also looking forward to seeing how Tom Knowles progresses after a decent first campaign at Hewish Park. Hello everyone, Jim Healy here. Uh, just a quick message to wish everyone at the Glovers cast all the best for the upcoming season. Uh, we all know you do a cracking job anyway, so really looking forward to uh, listening in this season. Uh, fingers crossed we have a successful season on and off the pitch and uh, you guys pick up some well-deserved awards for all the hard work you're doing at the moment, keeping us all informed. So yeah, good luck for the season, everyone. Hello, my friends. Here is Hugo Rodriguez, a Yobel fan, just like you all. I'm here to wish all the best to the team in the new season that will begin and to ask all your support in one more journey that we all expect full of success. 
I also want to give a word to the Global Cast for all the good job they do. I want to wish them all the best for the coming season covering Yeovil. I enjoy coming on the podcast this summer so to talk about my time with Yeovil and I hope you enjoy listening. I will never forget my time at Yeovil and I thank you all for your kind words about my time there. I hope to see you safe and well at Wish Park something soon. Like our badge says, we need to achieve by unity. So keep the faith and support the team. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. 